Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. This is going to be a new rotation that we're having the podcast on. Uh, We're going to be having it every other week from this week on out due to some issues or some reasons going on for myself if I don't care and you don't fucking care to get into it so let's just go on to this motherfucker uh let's go on and break down the beginning of the show if you haven't already check out our facebook and instagram page our facebook page had a pretty damn interesting meme contest this weekend uh there is a winner i will be reaching out to a tyler moody uh he is going to be the winner i am reaching out to him and he's going to get some free shit if you hadn't participated uh, shame the fuck on you. Y'all go check out my social media pages. We have some cool stuff like this every now and then. Uh, and you could get some free shit. So it could be worth it to you. Uh, also, if you haven't already, subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you can, leave us a review. Most likely, that is going to be the best way for people to discover this podcast. If you leave us reviews uh, and tell us how fucking awesome it is, then other people, when they're searching for 2 related content on wherever they listen to podcasts, they can find this podcast. Also, if you haven't, uh, check out our Patreon. We are over the bandwidth coverage that it costs to publish this damn podcast every other week. Uh, So from now on, anything that we make is going to be given straight back to you listeners. Uh, Right now, we're not making too much over the bandwidth, so just when I accumulate those funds, we'll be getting some shit, and we'll be giving it away to the fans, you guys, you listeners, you gals, uh, and we will continue to do what we do. Uh, So let's go on and start getting into this podcast, and let's enjoy this bitch. going to start getting into the main segment of the podcast and the first thing we're going to be talking about is just kind of all the the gun control bullshit and the weak ass NRA leadership that has allowed this to happen and we're going to kind of start off with actually a news article from the Daily Beast it was published on the 6th of August, uh, and it states the NRA spent tens of thousands of dollars on hair and makeup for CEO's wife. Yes, you heard that correctly. After all the physical irresponsibility and money money lending and borrowing and all that other kind of bullshit that the NRA has done under Wayne LaPierre's leadership, they have spent tens of thousands of dollars on hair and makeup for his wife. The expenses, which include plane flights and luxury hotel visits and stays for the stylist, uh, that's what includes that tens of thousands of dollars. Now, NRA, uh, NRA Wayne LaPierre's wife is a part of the Women's Leadership Forum uh, that the NRA does have. She is, you know, one of the keynote speakers. She travels a lot with uh, Wayne LaPierre to, you know, promote events and shit like that for the NRA. But because of this. Uh, you know, that is their whole reasoning for doing this. And the NRA itself has come out with a statement in reference to this, and they had called it a non-story. They said their ex-ad firm, obviously meaning Ackerman and McQueen, which is what's been the huge fallout and 
probably leaks to these stories, uh, but they are also a main crux into why the NRA is in such a financial windfall that they're in. Uh, they said the ex-ad firm was responsible for many of these expenses. And I will say, who do you think they're going to pass that fucking buck on? Why do you think that in, I think, what was it, 2017 uh, was what I read in the Daily Beast in my, one of my episodes when this all first kind of started breaking out? Uh, why do you think the NRA spent $40 million in one year paying Ackerman McQueen? It was because of bullshit expenses like this that they passed on to Ackerman McQueen. And, of course, who did Ackerman McQueen pass this expense on to because they're not going to just fucking shell out this kind of money out of the kindness of their hearts. No, they're going to shell out these expenses back to the NRA. That's what their bill is going to include. So it's not looking like the NRA itself is paying for this on paper, but if you dig down and see you know, the line-by-line -line items of what the NRA was charging Ackerman McQueen and then what Ackerman McQueen was charging the NRA, that's who is ultimately paying for this. It's going to be the NRA, your membership dues, and any donations you give. The stylists were booked to provide hair and makeup services for LaPierre, for LaPierre and its member gathering in Indianapolis this past April. So this has been going on for so long, and it only stopped this past April when the Daily Beast uh, and all those news stories started breaking out, talking about trouble in the NRA. That's when it finally stopped. So up until this past April in Indianapolis, that's when... Miss LaPierre was spending these tens of thousands of your membership dues and donations on. And the NRA actually canceled the stylist and makeup artists coming to work on Miss LaPierre. And the NRA still had to pay those fees because it was a late cancellation. So they're thinking, oh, we don't need to spend this money, but hey, guess what? We're still going to get charged for this, but at least we're not spending this money on actual hairstylists and having them come over and all that kind of stuff. It's horseshit. It's bullshit. A spokesperson for the ad firm, obviously Ackerman McQueen, directed the Daily Beast to prior statements saying all Ackerman McQueen's payments were made at the NRA's or direction. So this isn't Ackerman McQueen saying, hey, we are your PR firm. We need to have you looking professional, looking good, all this kind of shit for these appearances. No, the NRA said, hey, we want Miss LaPierre to have the best fucking hairstylist and makeup artist coming out there. Uh, so get it done, Ackerman McQueen. So Ackerman McQueen is going to, of course, do it because the NRA is paying them for their services, and therefore they're passing the expenses along to the NRA. And it's just a whole shit show. Wall Street Journal reported that the group considered spending more than $5 million to buy a mansion on a golf course in Dallas, Texas for Wayne LaPierre. And the reason they were going to do this is because Wayne LaPierre said he didn't feel safe after the Parkland shooting. You're talking about the man who is supposed to be over a gun rights organization. Somebody that should be an avid shooter. Somebody that should be an avid Second Amendment supporter for self-defense and for constitutional rights is afraid because of the Parkland shooting. So you have Wayne LaPierre who is, I mean, they were actually consider, considering buying a $5 million mansion. And that should go to show the line of thinking for the NRA, you know, the people on the board of directors that are in charge of your membership dues. They're in charge of your fucking donations that you send to the NRA. They are actually thinking it's okay to spend $5 million on a mansion. They actually were going to go through with it. But instead, they just went in and spent tens of thousands of dollars on hair and makeup artists for Wayne LaPierre's wife.
And that is exactly, an, I mean, not exactly, it's just a fucking, you know, just a Jenga brick on top of the stack of reasons of what's wrong with the NRA. And that's why we got to have reform in the NRA. We got to have new leadership in the NRA. And that's why you need to check out Save the Second. Save the Second is a group of NRA members who want reform for the NRA because, like it or not, the NRA is the biggest dog in the fight for our constitutional right of the Second Amendment. And because of that, we need a strong NRA. And right now, this is not a strong NRA. It's not even the NRA that should be defending our Second Amendment rights. But because we have Wayne LaPierre and he is still in charge of all this kind of shit, that is what's wrong with the gun control that's being passed now. You know, everybody is, you know, happy thinking that Trump is going to be a savior of the Second Amendment, but more constitutional affirmance against your Second Amendment has occurred under his leadership than occurred during eight years of Obama. And during that time, we had two years of a Republican-led Congress. And because of that, we gun owners got lackadaisical and we were becoming complacent with our you know our fucking push to protect our second amendment rights and because of that we have let things like the corruption in the NRA continue we had let you know infringements on our second amendment rights go on because we thought we wouldn't have to worry about you know somebody with an R by their name it doesn't matter any politician will tread on your rights as quickly as they can that's why it is up for us the people to constantly constantly badger our politicians let them know what we feel about them infringing on any of our rights not just our second amendment rights but our first our third our fourth our fifth and so on and that is why it's important especially with these red flag laws a lot of people don't understand that is not only just an infringement on your second amendment right it is also infringement on your first and your fourth you know your right to free speech and your right to due process that is just unconstitutional in its very nature and i can't believe that there's actually states that have red flag laws in effect and that the supreme court hasn't shot them down you know, the NRA and the ILA and other organizations like the FPC and the GOA and all those, they need to start filing and getting these red flag laws brought up to the Supreme Court of the United States so that way they can rule them unconstitutional because that's what they are at their heart is they are unconstitutional. With that being said, we're going to go into our next story. Our next story actually comes from Gat Daily and it is <laughs> Grand Thumb Control on Current Events. What Grand Thumb has basically given out knowledge, and he—if you haven't checked out Grand Thumb, go do so. It is a great YouTube channel. Uh, you know, he puts out a lot of good stuff out there, uh, but he has put out a lot of good information with all the gun control fights that we've been having nowadays. Uh, there is actually a new assault weapons ban, both in the Senate and the House. And this particular article, they're going to be talking about the assault weapons ban that came up in the Senate, and it's. Senate Bill 66. This Senate bill will ban the importation, sale, manufacture, transfer, or possession of uh, related to correction or possession related to certain law enforcement efforts or authorized tests or experiments. So you can't even, you know, if you're a law enforcement agent, and, and I'll tell you this, a lot of law enforcement officers that I know, they say that, you know, I don't got to worry about this kind of stuff because it's not going to apply to me because I work in law enforcement. That's horseshit. That is the wrong attitude you need to have. And I have a discussion with them every time that they need to get their shit straight. Because this bill actually, uh, well, I'm 
correction, my error, I'm sorry, I'm reading this incorrectly. It exempts, okay, so, and this is something else, okay. So kind of go along the same thing what I was talking about with law enforcement and they think gun control doesn't matter to them. And this, and I will wholeheartedly agree that if a, a gun control bill is in effect for the private citizenry, it should also be in effect for the government because the government needs to have the same amount of rights that it's given the people. So the bill actually exempts that. It also exempts the importation, sale, transfer, or possession related to securing nuclear materials and possession by a retired law enforcement officer. And a lot of people don't understand once you're a retired law enforcement officer, you actually retain your post certifications as long, you know, it's dependent uh, per state, but in the state of Alabama, you just have to continually uh, get your yearly firearms qualification and your post certification stays current uh, but the bill uh, permits continued possession sale or transfer of grandfathered semi-automatic weapons but they must be securely stored a licensed gun dealer must conduct a background check prior to the sale or transfer of any grandfathered semi-automatic weapons between private properties so uh, any basically that's what takes out of their quote-unquote gun show loophole. Uh, but the bill continues uh, p uh, continued possession but prohibits the sale or transfer of. So even if you sell a weapon, uh, and this is for high-capacity magazines or quote-unquote high-capacity magazines because a 30-round magazine is not high-capacity for a modern sporting rifle. Uh, but so if you sell an AR-15 to somebody if they wanted to pass this bill, you couldn't even give them the 30-round magazine that the AR-15 came with. You actually have to destroy it, turn it in, whatever. Uh, the bill also... Uh, says that any newly manufactured large capacity magazines must display a serial number identification and any new semi-automatic weapons and high capacity magazines must display the date of their manufacturer. So this is just insane. Uh, and it also states that state and local governments can use the Edward Byrne Memorial Justice Assistant Grant Fund grant program funds to compensate individuals who surrender semi-automatic weapons or large capacity magazines under buy buyback program but this article also goes to show that any of the uh what would be considered mass shootings where four or more people are killed or injured uh goes to show what weapons are used handguns are the majority of them at 7,000 uh it doesn't say what time frame this occurred but the actual rifles that are used only 403 and then of course it's you know it goes to show knives other weapons personal weapons hands fists all that kind of stuff uh blunt objects all you know all that kind of shit uh it's it's just insane people and then the house not wanting to be done by their senate counterparts have their own bill and there's actually 200 house democrats have signed on to this federal ban on a semi-automatic weapons and this actually came out, uh, you know, this is from commondreams.org. I don't know much about the website itself or what organization is behind it, uh, but this is, you know, the most informative that I can actually think of. Um, this was uh, released on the 14th of August, and it states amid Trump's 
amid reports the Trump administration is in talks with senators on possible background check legislation for gun purchases. Nearly 200 House Democrats have signed onto a far more reaching effort to reinstitute a federal ban on semi-automatic weapons. And it goes to show that the bill is H.R. 5087, or also known as the Assault Weapons Ban of 2018. It was introduced by Representative David Ciceline, a Democrat from Rhode Island. And it just actually needs 20 more supporters to pass in the House. That is a scary fucking thought. That only 20 more people need to sign on to this bill, and it will get passed. The bill would ban all what the article is stating, military-style semi-automatic guns, commonly called assault weapons, and also ban any high-capacity ammunition magazines. So there goes any of your semi-automatic weapons, and there goes any of your quote-unquote high-capacity magazines. Uh, at least they call them magazines and not clips. I'll give them that in this list, fucking news article at least. And then something else, and this kind of shows the lean of this article, but it says 7 in 10 Americans support a ban on assault weapons, according to a recent political morning consult survey, including more than half of Republican voters. Now, I would like to know who these fucking Republicans and where they're from, because I guarantee you they're from liberal states that support gun control anyway. They just call themselves Republicans for, I don't know, capitalism, economic reasons, who knows. But, of course, if you haven't noticed that the Democratic presidential candidates, they seem to try to one-up each other on progressive liberalism, and they're all coming out with their own versions of assault weapons bans. And that includes, obviously, Joe Biden, who, in my personal opinion, I thought he might win just because he seemed like the more centrist of the Democrats, and that's what... If the Democrats had any brains, that's who they'd go for because that's a centrist is the most likely to beat Trump in 2020. But obviously with the left and the Democrats trying to outdo themselves on progressive liberalism and trying to attack your civil rights, uh, that is not having the case. And then President Trump actually, in this news article, it states, uh, President Trump claimed that this week the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has refused to bring background checks bills passed in, by the House in February to the Senate floor, is now on board with the legislation. So you have fucking Mitch McConnell wanting to go out there and fucking, you know, just go on with the gun control crowd. I mean, all these, you know, so-called Republicans, all these so-called conservatives, all these people that want to have a small government and protect your constitutional freedoms, your civil rights, they are just all on board. You know, we talked about Dan Crenshaw last uh, podcast, and there's been some hilarious memes coming out in reference to that, some bitch. Uh, you know, you have all these people coming out and saying that they're now in for favor of of, you know, whether it be red flag laws and the tap acts, universal background checks, or fucking, uh, you know, quote unquote high capacity magazine bans. And then you even have some of the more centrist Republicans uh, who are supposed to be the party of limited government, uh, you know, hopping on full. Uh, you know, quote unquote, assault weapons bans. So this is why we need to have, you know, gun organizations like the NRA that are huge and they have the power in Washington to fucking just do what they need to do, do, you know, what they are being, you know, told by their members, 
to stop the onslaught of gun control push in Washington. And it's just a sad sight, folks. It is a sad sight that in our day that, you know, with a, you know, supposed to be somebody Republican who said that the eight-year, you know, attack on our Second Amendment is over, you know, we had Republicans, you know, they're supposedly controlling the Senate. They're also still a large uh, minority in the House uh, that you have the momentum of the gun control uh, agenda being pushed in our fucking, you know, lives. And it's just a sad sight to see. Uh, you know, that's going to be all for the politics on this. Uh, you know, it just makes me sick. Uh, Y'all just fucking contact your uh, your legislatures, you know, your congressmen, your senators. You can leave messages to the White House either through email, through Facebook. Uh, you can actually call and leave a message. Uh, you know, if you actually want to write letters, if you actually write a letter uh, that actually has to be opened by somebody and it actually goes into, you know, say if you write a letter to the president, it actually goes into the presidential library. If you write a letter to your congressman and, you know, I know there's, uh, we had a uh, congressman here uh, where I live. He was there for like 20 or 30 years. They have a library of all of his shit that he did. So it goes, you know, all, a bunch of letters that were written to him are in that library. So you can at least go down as showing that you were the vocal, uh, you know, opposition to this gun control. And that's what needs to happen. If you haven't, do it. Uh, you know, there's just no reason why if you are in the 2A community that you aren't doing something. And that's what it's going to take for you to do something, you know. Just fucking make your voice heard. Just don't sit back and say, well, I'm just going to wait for them to kick down my door to start the boogaloo. You know, what the fuck ever. Do something up front so that way you can show that you weren't just a fucking uh, sideline spectator and that you wanted to, to keep your Second Amendment rights before they were gone. All right. So, like I said, that's going to be it for the politics. Uh we got a couple of news stories that I think is pretty interesting, and this one, uh, just quick, I want to to you know show is that the uh, fucking um, team Global Precision Group, and if you don't know what this is, this is a group of basically fucking long range guys that come up with these crazy ass cartridges and build these custom made rifles. Uh, with some stupid tilt on their optics uh, and basically they just have a fucking blast breaking world records for the longest shot. In 2017 they broke a world record and shot at 5,000 yards which is 2.84 miles uh, and using a new Wildcat cartridge they actually uh, broke that record and now the new record uh, is adding a thousand yards. Uh, they actually decided to uh, came up with this, you know, caliber 416 Barrett, and now the new record. Uh, I'm looking for it. It doesn't say. Oh, take that back. I'm sorry. It's 6,012 yards, and it's 3.4 miles. Uh, that is the new record, and I think it's just cool and it's important for gun owners to just kind of, you know, give recognition to these 
pretty damn cool individuals uh, that, you know, that's what they do all the time is they go out and they just fucking tinker with guns and they decide to make some cool new shit and they just, you know, fucking blow the pants off of world records. And it's just fucking cool. And if you haven't read it, go look it up. It's on the Firearms blog. Uh, and uh, it's just something that I just wanted to take to y'all's attention. Something, a story that kind of, uh, kind of fucking hit home for me because this is actually me. Came from Athlon Outdoors. This is published on the 16th of August, and it's the title of it is "Freaks of Nature: The Guide to the Cross-Eyed Dominant Shooting." And I will say I am a cross-eyed dominant shooter. I shoot pistol with my right hand, and I shoot long right long guns with my left uh, left side. Uh, I freaked the fuck out of my academy instructors during my uh, first part of my farms a uh, couple weeks uh, when they actually saw me drawing from my right, but then they saw me shooting a long gun from my left. Uh, they asked me what the fuck I was doing. Uh, I just let them know that I was cross-eyed dominant. So... Uh, that is uh, the article we're going to be talking about. And in this article, they're kind of talking about the perspective from an instructor. And it's very important because as a firearms instructor myself, especially in law enforcement, you have to know how to instruct people from all aspects, whether it be aspects of different ed- education, training, capabilities, and uh, abilities, as you know, as in cross-eyed dominance. So uh, basically, if you don't know what cross-eyed dominance is, is basically where you are uh, either right or left-handed, and then your opposite eye is what is your dominant eye. So as in my case, I am majority right-handed. Uh, I can do some things, obviously, left-handed, because I'm a little ambidextrous like that, but uh, I am left-eye dominant. So, uh, and... Here are the shooting options that it states, and, you know, this is good for, you know, anybody that, you know, if you take your kids out and you're trying to teach them shooting, because neither of my parents are cross-eyed dominant, but I am, uh, so this is something, you, you know, everybody could, you know, know and use and all that kind of good shit. Uh, if your dominance is not severe, uh, you could train with your other eye, so, uh, but in my case, um, you know, I'm very, you know, very left-eye dominant. So, but if it's not too bad, and you know uh, the old trick where you put your arms out in front of you and you make your hands into the shape of a diamond, and you have both eyes open, you know you like say for example, put like a bottle of water on a kitchen table, and you put your that you know put that diamond over the bottle of water, and then you close one eye and close the other and see what uh, you know what fucking eye if the bottle moves uh that is your non-dominant eye so uh if it's not too severe uh you can train with your uh your non-dominant eye to kind of be your dominant eye Uh, you can also shoot uh both eyes open uh that's another option uh and you know uh the instruction now being taught like for the fbi for new uh you know, agents in the FBI is seven yards in. Uh, you want you to be what is called uh, a, I think it's called a combat glance or combat sight picture. So basically, you need to have both eyes open. Uh, you know, you can try that with, uh, you know, long guns, all that kind of shit too. Uh, train yourself that way. Uh, and that's, you know, for example, in the, the combat picture, uh, you want to make sure if you're you know, seven yards in, you know, where it's not going to mess up your sight picture too much. 
the reason to do that is, at least with pistols and handguns, is that you want to keep uh, all threats, you know, available to you. So if you close one eye, you are creating a shutoff space, uh, you know, for whatever that eye closes. If there's any threats, uh, say for example, like me, I would close my right eye. So any threats to the right, uh, you know, it messes up my peripheral. Uh, so you are not going to be able to see as many threats from, in my case, the right side of me. Uh, so that's where it would be uh, the combat uh, picture, the combat sight picture. Uh, you can also learn to shoot cross-eyed diamond, which is what I mainly, you know, up until recently when the FBI started, when I got my recertification earlier this year, uh, you know, before the FBI started instructing what the combat sight picture, uh, I just always, you know, you draw your wet, you draw your pistol, you draw your handgun out of your holster, uh, you bring it up, and then you can either uh, lean over a little bit to that way your dominant eye, in my case, my left eye, is over to the sight picture, or you, um, in your drawing, you uh, bring your your handgun over a little bit, or you do a little bit of both. And that's what I actually trained myself to do. Is is whenever I drew my weapon, I always moved my gun over a little bit uh, to help me, and then I kind of lean over just a little bit to the right, so that way my dominant eye uh, is you know on the the sight picture of my sights. Uh, so that's something you can do. And uh, it's very important. Uh, it's something all instructors need to know how to do uh, and learn how to train people that are cross-eyed dominant. Uh, it's something that can come up. You know, it's a, a little bit easier for me because I am cross-eyed dominant. So that's how I, uh, you know, learned myself. That's how I started being instructed from the very beginning. So if I ever do run into somebody cross-eyed dominant, I can show them kind of the tricks that I uh, learned how to, you know, get myself proficient with my handgun. Uh, but if you are not cross-eyed dominant, it is something, and you are an instructor, even if you're not an instructor, like I said, you know, your kids might be cross-eyed dominant, you might have a loved one that comes to you for guidance in firearms training, and you're just basically, you just want to teach them the basics for like trigger pull, grip, stance, sight picture, that kind of stuff, uh, you know. You don't have to be an instructor uh, for that kind of stuff, but you want to make sure that you can uh, teach them correctly. And if they are cross-eyed dominant, maybe that's the point where you say, hey, if you're cross-eyed dominant, I really don't know about it. You'll want to go take some instruction. But then again, you are just kind of letting that person that is wanting to get into firearms, wanting to get into shooting, uh, you're kind of leaving them out to dry. You want to be able to do something. Uh, it's better to have some instruction than no instruction. You want to make sure that instruction is correct. So that way, if you are in the 2A community, you do consider yourself a shooter. Uh, you're the kind of person that people might come up to and say, hey, would you mind kind of teaching me a little bit about guns, teaching me about shooting, uh, somebody that's just getting their first handgun that they're wanting to do it for self-defense. Uh, you know, I tell everybody that if you are brand new into the shooting community, I will be more than happy to donate my time 
to take you to the gun store to help you pick out your first firearm and take you to the range. And there's been numerous times where I paid people's range fees to go to the range for the first time, uh, introducing new shooters to the to the shooting sports into the 2A community and just kind of give them some instruction. Hey, this is how you do this. This is how you do it safely. These are the uh, three main safety rules of firearms to make sure that you uh, keep yourself safe and you don't hurt anybody else. That is something that you want to do and that's something you want to make yourself available. Uh, I would hope you do anyway, because that is important to make sure this community grows. Uh, so that's just kind of an article uh, that I looked into. I saw. And I thought it'd be a good, you know, good little uh, something to talk about. Um, we're going to be go ahead and start talking into our gun gear news and reviews, and then heading on into our culture segment. And we're going to start wrapping this bitch up. The fabulous, most groovy, bell bottom, bell bottom, All right, guys, in the uh, gun gear news and reviews, we're actually going to be doing some different reviews today. I got three things that I have uh, I purchased with my own money, and uh, this is something, it, actually, I got a knife, I got a flashlight, and I have a, uh, I guess you would call it a magnet, um, a magazine holster, but it's a magnet. Um, so the first thing we're going to be talking about is actually the flashlight. It is a Pelican flashlight. It is a Pelican 7600, and it has three different uh, modes. It has uh, white, green, and red. Uh, it is an LED. It's pretty fucking bright, and uh, it's got a rechargeable battery. Uh, I got this actually for my job. Uh, I use this on duty. I use this also for personal use because it is pretty handy. It's not too... Uh, it's, I mean, it's not too big. It's probably, I would say, uh, four and a half, five inches long. Uh, you know, not quite the size of a uh, fucking dollar bill, but it is a little bit longer uh, than like some of those cheap Harbor Freight flashlights you get for free all the fucking time. Uh, and it is rechargeable, but it also comes with a little plastic fucking, you know thing to where you can put CR123 batteries in and you can do it that way. Uh, it is at the high mode. It is 945 lumens. Uh, it's got a medium mode. Uh, it's 479 lumens and it's got a low mode and it's 37 lumens and the runtime on it is in the high mode, three hours, 15 minutes. Medium mode is four hours and 30 minutes. And in low mode is 29 hours. Uh, and also it's got four modes, uh, you know, like I said, the high, medium, low, but it's also got a strobe. Uh, and then of course, like I said, it's got three little clicks where you can do white, red, or green lights. Um, it is, you know, it, it's a good flashlight. I hate personally anything that is rechargeable. Uh, that is just my own bias. I, I really hate rechargeable anything. I fucking even hate 
you know, rechargeable phones. I wish they just had, you know, exp- you know, batteries that you could just put in your phone kind of shit. Um, and, you know, I got the iPhone XR, which is a little bit better, but, uh, up to this point, you know, having to always fucking carry a charger around with you and all that kind of shit just pisses me off. And not only that, everything these days is going to lithium batteries and lithium batteries can hold a charge for a long time, but lithium batteries do degrade over time. And that's something I personally hate. And, this is uh, uses the mini USB uh, plugins to recharge it if you're using a rechargeable battery, and you know I'm not a huge fan of the mini USB. Uh, you know I had was an Android user for a long time, switched over to iPhone. I like the iPhone uh, uh, was it Lightning uh, plugin that charges the iPhones. I like those a lot better because you know you get those little prongs with uh, the mini USBs. I, you know, of course, damn near everything else runs on mini USBs. Uh, I got a Bluetooth speaker, all kinds of other shit that run on mini USBs. And uh, to me, it's just it's a pain in the ass because uh, if you bend them certain ways, then you have to continue to bend them. That's, you know, weird ass kind of way to get them charged. And then not only that, because it is, I live in fucking Alabama, uh, LA, as I call it, lower Alabama, it's hot as fuck. Uh, the heat index this past week has been well over uh, hundreds. Most days it's been over 105 for the heat index. Uh, the fucking humidity has been, you know, 50% or higher during the day. And because of that, uh, it really does a number on batteries. And then with this particular flashlight, I always carry it in my car. Uh, because, you know, anytime I go to something, uh, whether it be an accident or, uh, you know, a call or an investigation or just, uh, for example, like tonight I was with a game warden buddy of mine and we were out on the river and I was just, uh, it's gator season in Alabama. So, uh, you know, carry, you know, I can just keep it with me and then put it in my pocket if I need that. And that's something else is this little Pelican 7600. It's got a little pocket clip in there. So you can actually put it in your pocket and because it's not that big and I would probably say it's maybe three quarters of an inch in diameter, maybe an inch at the most around where the actually light comes out of. Uh, it's not that thick. So, you know, it's something that you could easily fit in your pocket and it's a little bit bigger than a pocket knife. Um, so I like that about it. But because of this, and this is actually my second one that I've been through because these rechargeable batteries, the first one I got, I got this last year. So I've put this through the ringer. Uh, I got this last year and the rechargeable battery itself didn't last one full summer in Alabama. And now, uh, you know, the rechargeable battery in this thing now, uh, it's kind of, it doesn't last. I'd say, you know, when I use it on high, it doesn't last more than 30 minutes. Uh, you know, going on and off and all that kind of shit. And then it doesn't take long to recharge, but then again, it's because the mini USB thing, uh, I kind of got to angle it a little bit a certain way whenever I do charge it. Otherwise it doesn't charge. Uh, and then of course, uh, the little plastic case that it uses the CR one, two, three batteries, which, um, you know, CR three one two three CR one two three batteries are very common in the firearms industry. Uh, a lot of shit uses them, but it's still kind of a pain in the ass because if I need to get some batteries, Walmart actually sells CR one two three batteries. I think they're Duracell uh, or Energizer. Uh, you know, one of the two name brands. Uh, you know, they sell CR one two three batteries, but they charge at the ass for them. Uh, and then not only that, in the first flashlight I got, the little plastic housing that holds those batteries broke. Uh, so that you know, put the kibosh on using those. Uh, you know, I think if you are, and I know I'm probably gonna catch some flack on this. Uh, you know, I think it should be either AAA or preferably AA because you can get those in abundance 
in common and uh, they last for a long time. They're super cheap. You can get like a pack of like 20 at Harbor Freight uh, for like three fucking dollars or sometimes you can get them for free if you get the little coupons, uh, you know, spend over like 10 or 15 dollars to get these whole pack of fucking batteries for free. Um, it just makes it a lot easier. Uh, I had an old EOTech 552 uh, and that uses the AA batteries and I specifically got that because it uses the AA batteries. Uh, you know, I like it. Um, it's a pretty good flashlight. It's, you know, when I first got it, it was like $120, but I'm actually looking up on Amazon right now. You can get this right now for $89.58 plus free shipping. Um, it's showing the MSRP of $101.25. So it is a little pricey. Uh, it goes, you know, it's showing on uh, the highest lumens. It can go out to 225 meters. So, I mean, it's a pretty bright flashlight. And then not only that, I beat the hell out of this fucking thing. Um, like I said, I keep it like in the little pocket of my, my truck and you know, a lot of times shit falls out of there cause I got like extra magazines, uh, or I have, uh, like a, like a boo-boo kit, you know, not a real first aid kit, but just like fucking band-aids and gauze and shit like that. Maybe some butterfly stitches, um, stuff like that. Uh, so I got a lot of shit in my door pocket. So sometimes this falls out. A lot of times this falls out of my pocket. If I get it in my pocket and you know, I always, keep my fucking hands in my pockets and when I pull them out or like I pull my wallet out or pull my keys out or some shit like that, it'll fall out. Uh, you know, so shit happens. Uh, it's taken a beating. It's never been broken. The only problem I have with it is the cheap ass plastic housing. If you want to use CR one, two, three batteries, which I think they should use fucking like double a or triple a or whatever. Uh, and also the rechargeable part of it. Uh, I hate fucking rechargeable batteries because they never last, especially in the heat of the South. The next product we're going to talk about is actually a knife. The next product is going to be the CRKT M16 knife. Uh, this is something else I carry on me all the time. And uh, when I was, uh, I was a traffic cop, I was a motor cop for a long time. And I dealt with a lot of accidents, and that's when I first got this knife. I carried it uh, in my motor boot. Uh, this knife here has got a seatbelt cutter, and it's also got a glass breaker. Uh, and like I said, I used it all the time for that kind of stuff. Mine is actually the, the Tonto version. Uh, it's got the Tonto tip on it, but you can either get it the, the regular, uh, you know, I, don't, I know they're different names or some shit like that, but like a regular tip knife. Um, and uh, it's also got the uh, fucking serrated part on the lower half of the blade. I'm not a huge fan of serrations on a knife. Uh, I'd rather have just the straight edge. Uh, but, you know, I kind of see the point of it for some uses. Uh, I just, you know, not a huge fan when they take up a huge part of the blade. And then also it's got a safety lock on the back and it's got the belt clip. And I've had this knife actually probably now I've had it for four years, I'd say three, four years. Um, and it, it's a, it's a really good knife. Um, I've had it for, like I said, that whole time and I've never had to sharpen it once and it still cuts really good. You know, I'm not going to be able to shave my fucking arms or legs with it or cut a slice of paper. Uh, but you know, it still cuts shit. Um, I've never actually had to use like the, the glass break or the seatbelt cut, you know, cutter, but Hey, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And then, uh, also, uh, I personally like the, uh, fucking, 
uh, safety lock on it because I've had knives before and I've got scars on my fingers to where, you know, the locks don't lock it completely and uh, they folded in on me when I've used them and I've cut my fucking fingers pretty bad doing that. And, uh, you know, the tip on it, it's made it a good steel. Uh, it, you know, the tip on it is kept, even though I've, you know, fucked around and was, you know, stabbing like a picnic table or whatever the fuck. And, uh, you know, the tip stayed on it. And this on Amazon is $48.94. A little pricey, you know, for, uh, you know, if you just carry junk pocket knives all the time. Uh, you know, that's my kind of thing is, you know, it's the old fucking adage, buy once, cry once kind of deal. Uh, but, you know, I fucking have to end up buying multiple times because shit just either falls out of my pocket or gets left somewhere or fucking you know, grows legs and walks off from like a desk or some shit like that. Uh, but I've actually kept this thing around for about three or four years now and it's a really good knife. Uh, and it's really easy to open. And something I like about it is that when it's closed, the seatbelt cutter protrudes out the other side of the handle. So that way it's always accessible if you need it. And, uh, when it's time to open it, you know, you just push on that a little bit and just like, you know, easy push uh, it almost opens the blade completely so just like a little flick of the wrist by pushing that uh, seatbelt cutter opens the blade all the way uh, it's it's a really nice knife if you're looking for a good pocket knife uh, this I would highly recommend this uh, the price is not too terrible um, so but I mean it's definitely something that if you lose it and you're cheap and kind of poor like me single dad with two kids uh, you're gonna be pissed at yourself about it but it's got all the stuff that I think you know, you could, you know, want to keep around you. You never know if you get into an accident uh, and you need like a seatbelt cutter or you have a fucking uh, need to break glass. Now, the next item that we're going to talk about that I purchased and I've had now for probably a week and a half, I'd say two weeks, uh, is the Neomag magazine holder. And what it is, is if you haven't, go look it up, Neomag. Uh, it is a cool concealment system to conceal your mags. Now, it is a magnet, so if you have like an ETS mag or a Magpul mag or even some Springfield XD magazines, it's not going to connect to the magnet. So, uh, But I carry Glock. I also carry uh, SIG, so it, those are metal. Uh, and it does, does, you know, connect to the fucking magnet and I carry Glock, um, factory magazines. Um, now when I was using this, this past two weeks, I was carrying my Glock 19. And like I said, I was carrying a Glock factory magazine and I had, uh, I think I had fucking, yeah, I had Hornady, uh, critical duty ammunition in it. And, uh, like I was telling you earlier about my, you know, the, the talking about the flashlight and the pocket knife and shit, I'm always fucking putting my hands in my pockets. I'm either grabbing my wallet or just fucking keep my hands in my pockets, jingling change around shit like that. Uh, and while I was doing this, uh, the fucking magazine always, you know, kept coming undone and, uh, there's two types you can get. Uh, you can get a, uh, what is considered like, I guess a regular, uh, pocket clip. You can also get a uh, one if you decide and you do have like a base plate on there. Um, 
I got the regular one. Uh, I figured, you know, if I do get one, uh, do get a, have a magazine that ends up, you know, having like an extended base plate on there. Uh, I don't care if that sticks out too much. Most people aren't going to know what the hell it is. They might just think it's a pocket knife, especially since it's got like the little pocket knife clip on the back. That's something else. That fucking clip is sturdy as shit. Uh, I was wearing like some Under Armour type material uh, shorts, and I basically had to fucking like pry that shit open I, as much as I could uh, with my fingertips. And you know my big fucking fingers being you know six five, I got big fucking bear claws. Uh, it was hard for me to to pry that pocket clip up just so I could put it on my my uh, fucking you know, shorts pocket. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing because if you got your extra magazine in there, you don't want your shit to come undone, especially if you need to pull your magazine out, uh, to do a reload, uh, during a, some sort of self-defense situation. Uh, you know, you don't want that happening. Uh, and, but like I said, I felt like that the, um, magnet just wasn't holding on to my magazine very well. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to try it with some different, you know, firearms. Going to try it with my uh, Sig 220 that I like to carry. Uh, I'm also going to try it, you know, for shits and giggles with 1911. Well, fucking Sig 220 and 1911 magazines are basically the same thing. Um, so I'm going to try it uh, with uh, a different magazine. Maybe it was just that one particular magazine. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, but so this is, I guess you could say, like a preliminary review. I've only had it for a couple weeks. It's good because it solves an issue. Uh, you know, I fucking hate having a ton of shit around my belt, so I don't want to carry another fucking holster that holds my magazines. But I believe it is critical that if you carry every day that you need to have a spare magazine because you never know if you're going to have to do a reload. And not only that, say, for example, you're in a self-defense situation. You're probably not going to use an entire magazine, but shit you know, happens. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't ca- take care of their everyday carry guns like they're supposed to, uh, and shit happens. So you might uh, have a malfunction and need to do a tactical reload to solve the issue. So you need to have an extra magazine. And, uh, you know, this is something you easily put like in your back pocket. I had it in my front left pocket. Um, I'm gonna, that's something else I'm going to try and do is maybe carry it in my back pocket, see if that might solve the issue of the magazine coming undone all the time. Uh, but, you know, they're not too expensive uh, for, like, something with a silver uh, pocket clip. It's 40 bucks. If you want a black pocket clip, it's 45 bucks. I got, like, a special kind of limited edition one. Uh, you know, it was, I think, 60 bucks, and it ended up getting a discount code that brought it down to, like, 53 with shipping. Not too terribly bad. Uh, but like I said, it, you know, it's it's a cool little sol- you know solving problem solver uh, for not wanting to carry some extra shit around my, my waistband, uh, but you know wanting to be able to carry that magazine without having it just loose in my fucking you know pocket kind of deal. So uh, you know I'll try it some different ways. Try it with some different magazines. Try it with another Glock magazine. Try it with uh, the six to twenty magazines that I like to carry. Uh, and I'll report back on it, see, uh, if there's, you know, any changes on it or maybe, you know, obviously they don't want to put too strong of a fucking uh, magnet on there because they don't want you, you know, having to really jerk hard to get that bitch out of your pocket. Uh, but you know, like I said, my Glock 19 magazine, it just, you know, seemed like it came off really easy. And, uh, when I was out and about for like five or six hours, uh, this pat not this weekend that while I'm recording this, but the weekend prior, uh, I was noticing that I had to put that thing back on the magnet 
I'd say probably four or five times within a five or six hours time span. And, you know, it was, you know, a lot of times, like I said, it was me just sticking my hand in my pocket, you know, retrieving my wallet, uh, which I also keep my wallet in my left pocket, you know, left front pocket. Uh, and then also just, I like to kind of fucking keep my hands in my pockets, you know, uh, I'm just that kind of guy. So I will try it in my back pocket, try it with some different magazines and just kind of give you a further review on it. Uh, but like I said, purchased all this shit with my own money. Uh, nobody's giving me this shit to say, you know, one good thing or another. This is just my honest opinion. All right, fuckers, let's start rolling down into the culture segment and start wrapping this fucking podcast up. All right, in the culture segment, we're going to be talking actually about one of my favorite movies. And actually, the reason I'm reviewing this movie for the gun uh, culture segment is because I've been binge-watching the shit out of the Lethal Weapon series. Uh, I'm on season two, I think like episode 13 or some shit. So in the gun culture segment, we're actually going to be talking about the original Lethal Weapon movie made in 1987. And of course, it was made with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Being a cop movie uh, in the late 80s, and then, you know, they made a, you know, a few more in the, like, 89, early 90s kind of era, uh, there's going to be the Beretta 92, and of course, that is the one that Martin Riggs, Mel Gibson's character, carries, uh, you know, it was kind of the cool new weapon back in the day when uh, Lethal Weapon first came out, uh, and again, we're talking about the very first Lethal Weapon movie with Gary, oh, Gary Busey's crazy ass in there. Uh, so they had some a lot of cool guns in there. And being kind of a 1980s action film, a lot of shoot 'em up shit in there. There's a lot of cool different guns. Another one that was cool in there was the Beretta 950 Jetfire. Uh, this was one uh, that Murtaugh had in the desert standoff when he met old Gary Busey's crazy ass. Uh, another cool gun. Uh, talking about the cool, and I talked about this on a podcast earlier, the H&K P7, uh, the fucking infamous or famous, however you want to look at it, uh, diehard gun that uh, Hans Luber used. Uh, you had General McAllister uh, had that gun. That's a cool gun. I got one of those. Uh, might post some pictures, do a little kind of review on it one day. You also had uh, a bunch of fucking, uh, you had the Smith & Wesson 459, uh, the M1911, uh, Walther PPKS. Uh, I like this old Smith & Wesson 459 types uh, that was used by, uh, by a uh, fucking uh, street cop. It was actually used by uh, fucking Danny Glover's character. A lot of cops used that back in the 90s. Um, and then those are just, I mean, I just personally, I think they're cool guns. You had another cool gun. You had a fucking Astra Terminator. And this was used by the cocaine dealers in the very first part of the movie where Riggs uh, was in the uh, fucking Christmas tree uh, lot. 
uh, of course, you know, being the 90s, you know, when they had fucking uh, submachine guns and shit, you had the HK 94A3 converted to resemble a, a MP5. Uh, you also had, this is pretty cool, you had a HK uh, PSG, and that is the gun Martin Riggs had when Murtaugh was in the desert meeting with old Gary Busey's crazy ass. Uh, you also had the Colt XM 177 Commando, just kind of a uh, fucking... Uh, shorty type uh, AR-15 type weapon uh, and then you also had a bunch of you know you had uh, uh, fucking Murtaugh's uh, revolver the classic Smith & Wesson model 19 uh, course chambered uh, in you know 38 all that kind of good shit 357 uh, he calls it uh, the 38 wheel gun but it is a uh, 357 but, uh, yeah, so that's going to be our gun culture segment. Uh, I am personally fucking loving the Lethal Weapon series. It's on Hulu if you had not checked it out. Some co- kind of cool guns in there as well. Uh, some cool, uh, I guess you could say, gunmanship that the characters are using. Uh, you could tell that they were trained pretty well in how to use their firearms uh, and you know, do their little fucking crash courses and, and shooting and all that kind of shit. Uh, pretty interesting, pretty good show. Makes me laugh a good bit. So check it out if you haven't. It's on Hulu. All right, folks. Uh, it's getting fucking late for me, and uh, let's start wrapping this shit. Right, guys i greatly appreciate y'all listening to another episode of the two a lifestyle podcast again if you haven't check out our social media uh you know we had that cool little meme war slash contest this past weekend on facebook uh and we are also on instagram on instagram we are under two spelled out t-w-o-a lifestyle on facebook we are under the number two a lifestyle and then uh if you haven't Please, wherever you're listening to this podcast, hit subscribe and leave us a review. It helps other people find us. And then also check out our Patreon program. Uh, our Patreon program basically helps cover the bandwidth for this uh, fucking podcast. It also gives me the website under Podbean, which is where I publish this podcast. Uh, you know, it gives me a cool little website for people who want to go back and listen to old shows. Uh, and also anything over that bandwidth, which is we're over that now. Uh, we're going to be used directly, uh, all those funds to give back to you guys, the listeners and followers on my, uh, social media. We're going to be doing some giveaways, going to be having some merch coming out, uh, trying to get up with the hat person to do the stenciling or embroidery, whatever the fuck it is, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a seamstress, uh, on the back of the hat, you know, put the two, a lifestyle on the back of the hat. And then of course we're going to have the awesome face emoji. Uh, it's going to be on the front. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, obviously that's kind of our fucking 
uh, go-to logo. And then actually, if you haven't already checked out on our Facebook page, I talked about doing some Hawaiian shirts. I actually ordered one for myself. Uh, I was kind of saying, fuck, you know, if nobody else wants one, I want one. Uh, and it's going to have the awesome face emoji on that, uh, like in the palm trees on the fucking Hawaiian shirt. So as soon as I get the hat, as soon as I get the shirt in, uh, I'm going to do some, you know, cool range pictures and put them on social media so you can kind of see the kind of shit we have. We also have stickers. Uh, we have stickers that we are also selling at three bucks a pop. We already have those in. So if you want, go ahead and check out our social media. I posted pictures of those on there and let me know that you want one. Well, guys, until then, uh, this is going to be the new schedule we're on. Uh, if you listened to last week's podcast, fucking bonus, you get another one in only a week. But from now on, this is going to be the schedule we're on. Every two weeks, we're going to be doing our podcast. We're going to be here. We're going to be giving you the best reviews and news in the gun industry, whether it be fucking news stories like the gun control shit they're trying to pass, uh, fucking the bullshit that the NRA is pulling with their leadership and executives or the amazing NRA members uh, at Save the Second uh, that are trying to do reform at the NRA. And then also we're just doing just cool shit uh, for, you know, reviews on gear and equipment and just giving you bitches a little culture. Uh, I'm reading one book now, so we will probably have a book to review next week uh, and we will go over that uh, just give you bitches a little class up in this place but until then I will see you in two weeks